Good morning. Good morning. It is good to have everyone out with us for our morning worship on this beautiful Lord's Day morning. A little cool, but still it's pretty out there, is it not? See the sunshine beaming in the windows. It's a beautiful day. Unless you're going to go outside and hang around a little bit, you might need some clothes on, but that's all right. We've been blessed with another day, and also to be blessed to assemble with the saints here in the name of Jesus Christ. Something was pricked my mind the other day. The idea of a child of God in their everyday walks of life should behave like they are running a race. When I say that you should run like, a, like you're going to run a race, you've never seen someone just get up off the couch and go run a marathon. They're, they're not going to last long, are they? They're not going to last long at all. I can't do it. I'll tell you right now, I, I can't do it. It takes preparation. It takes conditioning. And it takes training. And it takes a whole lot of dedication. So we think about that and those aspects of someone when it comes to as a child of God. Paul, he writes to the church in Corinth the first time, and he tells them, run your Christian race. Which they understand about competing, they understand about all these things. But he tells them here to run as if you're going to strive for a prize. We're going to get into those verses and realize what it is to know what it is, what prize that we are going to achieve on Judgment Day. So if you have your Bibles, be opening up with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to start reading in the 24th verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Starting in verse 24. Paul writes this and he says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize, run in such a way that you may obtain it? Now the difference between this race and our Christian race is there's only going to be one winner in this earthly race. But yet still, if you want that first place, if you want that first prize tro or first trophy as your prize, you're going to give it all you got. Because someone standing next to you running as well, they're giving it all they got because both want the same thing. But there can only be one winner. We think of that in, in, in retrospect to what Paul's trying to teach. Is that what he's teaching? Is that only one's going to win? No, it is not. We're going to see that in the next few verses. We think about the type of person who we are. Well, we should. And how well do we measure up according to even the apostles, especially the Apostle Paul, as he, he, he reflects you and I so much. But again, we measure ourselves up with Jesus Christ. Again, he was that perfect person. None of us here upon this earth will be that perfect, but we strive for perfection on that day, that day of salvation. Paul, he's telling him here to run in such a way that you're going to receive the prize. But one receives the prize, run in such a way that you may obtain it. What he's saying is, do your best. That's all God expects from us, is our very best. I'll fall into the category in the days past where I have not given my best. I have. I'll fall into those categories where my faith has dwindled. And you and I are in the same boat. There's days when our faith dwindles and we look at ourselves and say, I need lifting up. And we turn to God. And He lifts us up. And His blessings is there unto His children. Thankfully, we have a way of out of those iniquitous ways because when we are not giving our best, 
we may very well be giving our best to Satan. We need to look within ourselves in our everyday walk of life. Are we running this race, this Christian race, as we are going to receive the prize? And the prize, and the difference here is, one prize perishable, one is not. Our Christian race, our salvation, is not perishable. It will last forever. So moving on to verse 25, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate. My pages quit sticking together. In all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. There it is. So they understand that the, the Corinth understood about competing and have that competitive drive between one another. They understood what it was to win trophies. They understood how good it felt to receive things that you have strove and Striven so hard to obtain, and there it is in your hands, because you won first place. But I'm here to tell you right now that these folks who are temperate and focused and hardened and have been training for so long in this race, this foot race, or whatever type of race they're running, that marathon we had as an example, obtains a perishable crown. It's going to be gone one day. They put their focus and they put their efforts and they put their every being into something that's perishable, something that's going to be gone, something that well is not does not last forever. Again, retrospect to that, we can obs- we can obtain a imperishable crown. That is, it lasts forever. We learned that crown in Revelation two ten. Boy, it's hard to not put that is. I want to put it in there so bad. Revelation two ten says that if we are faithful unto death, Jesus Christ will give us the crown of life. Not a crown of life, keep in mind. It's the crown of life. That's salvation. So we think about this crown that these folks are conditioning themselves. And they went so through, much, through so much training. And I'm not putting up anything against competing. No, I'm not. The, uh, the Olympics, I think they're, well, they were going. I don't know if they're over or not. But all these folks are competing. And you'll have gold, silver, and bronze. Now, in that retrospect of three trophies, you know, the, the top three of the top three best competitors gets something. Whether it be bronze, silver, or gold. Of course, gold being the best, number one. When we look within ourselves, as we are competing in our spiritual race, that is to striving to be like Jesus Christ, and that same motivation that these folks had back in the first century in Corinth, to compete against one another, we need to compete against Satan. We need to tell him, no. I want nothing for you. I want nothing. You're my adversary. Out of here. Get away from me. Are we doing those things? Are you hearing this message, realizing what you have done in the days past is displeasing in the eyes of God? What a wonderful time to stop doing such things. Because if you're listening to this message and you're hearing my voice, you are still here. You have an opportunity of repentance. You can turn away from those things that separate you from God, being that temperate, putting your best foot forward to serve God once again. So we see this imperishable crown. But we, for an imperishable crown, in verse 25, the very bottom half of that, that's salvation. That's heaven. 
That's a place that Christ has gone on to, to prepare a place for us, as he told his disciples. And of course, as we read it and study it, he tells us as well, I go on to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you so. In my Father's house are many mansions. Isn't that wonderful? To know that we are running our Christian race. We are doing the things that we're supposed to be. Doing the things that are pleasing in the eyes of God. Turning away from sin. Staying in a covenant relationship with our Heavenly Father. He will give us that imperishable crown on Judgment Day. I, have, I say often to put yourself in that judgment scene, standing before God and Jesus Christ and the books of life is open and the other books as well. And you hear your name called and you're standing before the Almighty. That's a little terrifying. It's just a little bit, right? That's, that's, that's in awe. Not to want to crawl under a rock, but it's, 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 it's unspeakable. To stand before the Almighty, the one who created everything, is your mind going back to the past? Saying, is, is there one sin that I'm going to have to give an account for that's unrepented? Well, that time's going to be too late for repentance. We understand that the blood of Christ cleanses us from those sins, especially those sins that are unknown. But if we are known, knowing of those sins, we have to repent of them and ask God for forgiveness, confessing those sins. I want us to look within ourselves. Are we really running our Christian race in a shape, form, and fashion that we're trying to receive the first place? I can remember back in school. I was a little feller back in school, by the way. You, you couldn't even see me over this podium. I looked like a 7th grader in 11th grade. I was a little bitty feller. And I wasn't that great in sports. I wanted to, but I wasn't great. I wasn't big enough. And I never could get first place. And it hindered me. It, it, it deterred me from competing. We think about our Christian race. Here in 2022, I'll be 45 this year. Seems like forever ago. I see Thomas back there shaking his head. You're right. So we think about what we're doing today. Because we have a race set before us as a child of God. Are we doing the things that God would have us to do? Or are we letting things come between us and God, hindering us from our race, because I can't do it? My mind goes back to a scripture this morning, and I'll refresh this morning. Philippians 4.13. Many of us know that verse by heart. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can do all things. We can run our Christian race. We can be the person who a child of God should resemble we just have to put our best foot forward. Because you know what was said in verse 25. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. And this is not temporal. It's temperate. Like hardened. Like conditioned. Like putting their best foot forward in all things. Yet only, can one, yet only one in that comp competing can receive that perishable crown. When we stand before God on that judgment scene day, doing our very best that we can offer our Heavenly Father in service, in, in mouth service, in eye service, the type of love that we should show one another, unfortunately few are going to be on the other end of that door. 
There's some who's going to say to me, say to him on that day, Lord, Lord, have you not prophesied in my name, cast out demons in my name, and done many wonderful works in thy name? They thought they were spiritual. They thought they were in good standing. They thought they were running their Christian race, but unfortunately, they were deceived by the deceiver. That deceiver is Satan. We need to look within ourselves. Are we really and truly that child of God that we should be? So we look at verse 26. Paul continues with that thought. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. We think about verses 20 and 26. Paul says he conditions his body. He doesn't run with uncertainty. He is well assured what, where heaven is and how to get to it. Can we answer that in that manner? Do you know how to get to heaven? It's been shown to us. Paul says he disciplines his body. He takes charge over it. If he didn't, he allowed himself to become worldly and the things that he is preaching is contrary to the, things, the, the way that he is living. He says, lest I become disqualified. And you might think, well, Paul never sinned. Paul's, Paul's our example. Paul's that wonderful upbeat. Now, we like to put Paul on a pedestal. He suffered a great many things. He put his best foot forward to serve God. Previous, also, he put his best foot, for, best foot forward to serve God, unknowingly persecuting the church. And his course was corrected. He got, not necessarily enlightened, but he got instructed and what he was doing was wrong and he made a change. He began preaching Jesus Christ as the Son of God. And he began his Christian race. He disciplined himself. He took the instructions from God and shared it with people. Can we say we do that enough? We don't share the gospel enough these days. It's not heard enough. <laughs> Become lacking in the ministry. When someone, I can remember turning my ankle. I can remember turning my ankle at uh, Cheryl Pollard's house way back then, jumping on her trampoline. I can remember that. That hurt. That scared a little feather. Do you think that hindered me in the days to come to not jump on a trampoline? Well, of course not. I got over the injury. The ankle got strong again. I was right back out there on not necessarily that trampoline, but I liked jumping on a trampoline when I was a child. I wouldn't do it today for nothing. We make course corrections. We don't let anything come between us and God. And when I say course corrections, if we are misinstructed, if we have been deceived, if we have false information, if we're believing a false God, we make corrections. We turn away from those iniquitous ways and serve the almighty powerful God. The one that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us to have access to. I hope that digs in deep. I hope that gets you in the fields. And I hope you put that into your mind daily. That Christ went to the cross so you can have access to God. The person who you're going to be standing before with reverence. That fear. I, didn't, I said terrified or I meant to say fear. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. We need to remember those scriptures as well. We're going to read those. So we think about the running our race, dis discipline, 
our bodies just as Paul did. We read in Romans chapter 7 as his will is to not sin, but he sinned nonetheless and need forgiveness and he got it. Do you remember Peter denying Christ those three times and lying about it? Actually cursing? When Christ returned, he looks to John and he says, excuse me, Peter, do you love me, Peter? What a wonderful answer. Yes, I, yes, I love you. He asked him again, do you love me? He said, yes, I love you. And one last time he asked him. It's, it's a representation of the times that he sinned to get forgiveness of them. Do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, I do. And she said, go and feed my flock. Because without that repentance, he couldn't feed the flock for he had sin in his heart. He needed some forgiveness. And he got it. So we look within ourselves and we read Hebrews chapter 10. For know now that we are running a race. We turn to Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let's draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the matter of some, but exhorting one another. And so much more you see the day approaching. Think very carefully on verses 19 through 25. That day is approaching, by the way. The coming of our Lord is coming. Are we looking within ourselves? Are we holding fast our confession? For as we let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Again, running our Christian race, letting the goal be before us and letting nothing come between us. Bad times are going to happen. Difficulties in our spirituality is going to come. Death, sickness, loss of loved ones, folks leaving altogether. These things have happened but we don't let them hinder us in our walk of the faith. To run our Christian race. Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and I'm speaking to you this morning through his pen to encourage you to run your Christian race without wavering. Condition yourselves. Find out what God would have you to do and put your best foot forward to serve him. Bad times are going to come and difficulties is going to happen. Do not let them hinder you in your spirituality as it has done so many. Whereas they've turned their backs on God and they've yet to come back. We pray for those individuals. We pray for them to come back for we, admit we miss their fellowship and we want them to come back. If we want them in that covenant relationship with God to hear those words on judgment day, well done, good and faithful servant, until that repentant act happens, they are not going to hear it. Same goes for you and I. If we have sin in our heart, if we have not set ourselves before this Christian race, if we have not held fast our confession, because that day is approaching. We find that in verse 25. So I want to encourage one thing. Look within yourselves and ask yourself one thing. 
Are you running your Christian race? Are you running in such a way that you're going to receive that imperishable crown? That is heaven, by the way. Are you running? Or are you just walking along? Paul says to run it. Go like you mean it. Don't be slothful in your works. Be ready, willing, and able to serve the one true living God. That's my encouragement this morning. As we have the race before us set, another retro retrospect of someone running a race, the pathway has been set. They have a race course to run, in a foot race rather, or even in a car race these days. But we're talking about a foot race. That course has been set so as our Christian race has been set. Jesus Christ tells us to take up our cross and follow him daily, to deny ourselves and follow him, keeping his love in our hearts, that is to be obedient to his word. To love the one true living God is to say, I serve him. That is to say, I'm running my race. I'm ready, willing, and able to receive that imperishable crown that's given to those who are faithful as they give their last breath. Can we say that truly, truly, truly and honestly? That we have run our race and that's pleasing in the eyes of God. We have an opportunity right now. If you can say, well, I've slacked off. Well, I've, I've kind of been lacking in some areas. And he's, he's lifting up. Here we are. We're here to encourage you. We're here to lift you up. We're to encourage you from the Word to do the things that God is pleased of you. Because as we become slack, we become displeasing in the eyes of God. As on Judgment Day, nobody wants to be pleasing in the eyes of the one true living God. Hearing those words, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. That's what's been told. It's going to be said. What words will you hear this morning? Well done, in a matter of speaking, you have run your Christian race. Enter into the joys of your Lord. Or you were slothful. You didn't even finish. You turned back and went home. You knew you couldn't. You didn't even try. Try. And that imperishable crown is there when we give God our best. Have you given God your best? Or have you been slack in certain areas? If you've been slack, we have an opportunity for you to come back. Rededicate yourself and be steadfast, steadfastly running your Christian race. Do you need to run this morning? Why don't we stand? And as come forward as we stand, we sing a song of invitation.